everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. As always, please beware of spoilers, otherwise you may find out that Saruman is not as good of a friend as we all thought he was. <gasps> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. That is, what? that is correct in honor of the new original series airing this week. We're doing a show about the longest trilogy in history, Lord of the Rings. But I cannot do it alone. I am also joined by my ageless, omnipotent character actress, Sonia Stanger, (laughs) uh, the hairiest hobbit foot around, Jeremy Legui, and our extra special guest, our precious Garrett Gosselin. Greetings. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Welcome to our little show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. You, um, as is wont to do every time I hang out with you, I find out a new, uh, <laughs> a new facet of your personality. And I recently found out that you're a big Lord of the Rings nerd. So it was oh. very fortuitous that we got you in here. Yes, huge nerd, huge, huge nerd. <laughs> and I guess I kind of keep it hidden only because I don't know who else is. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, d- it you is, don't want to expose hard to hide yourself. that full chest. Yeah, that full chest, I have Sauron tattoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I do Quite have a tattoo of, like, Hobbiton writing on my ribs. It's the start of... i probably get another one, but... Yeah. It's the start of the full body sleeve. Oh, yeah. Head to toe. I am yeah. Sauron. Incredible. <laughs> Head to hairy little toe. And, and, yeah. and it's just a list of all of the Hobbit meals. It's just, like, 11 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Second breakfast. Yeah. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Stick them in a stew, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's start off. What is your y'all history with Lord of the Rings? How did you get? How did you get your little eyes on these? Uh, well, mine's real boring. Uh, it was grade eight, and they were making this movie based off these books, uh, and that was literally the first time I had heard of it. It did bring a lot of people out of the woodwork. Like a very good friend of mine had read them and was like maybe halfway through and he was really into it. And then our grade eight teacher was also very into it. And then, of course, as a school, we all of the schools of Moose Jaw got to w- go to the theater to watch the movie. Again, I, they cut I, I again question the pedagogy of Moose Jaw. <laughs> the pedagogical well, we value. Had to, <laughs> we all had to, we all had to read the book, right? But what was amazing is how it fizzled after. Like we all just read the Fellowship, and then that was the last like thing we wrote on it or whatever. Um, maybe they did it again when the next one came out, but I was too old. I don't know. Uh, anyway, but that was it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know. And then one day people were like, "Do you see the trailer for this thing?" And I was like, "No, I haven't." And then a few people were like, "It's my favorite thing on the planet," and we're going. And they're like, are you tearing up, Chris? Like, is that, are you okay? So, Damn, Chris. He just loves tender male friendship. Yeah, that he do. <laughs> um, yeah, similar for me. It's not super exciting. I was like 10 years old when the first movie came out. My dad, who's a huge nerd, was like, we have to go see this now because this is an important part of everything. Um, and, I mean, they're, like, pretty prime for a 10-year-old. Very scary, but, like, that's going to hook you in. You know, Lord of the Rings is going to mm. get you. Um, and I still remember, uh, the last movie, my dad taking me to like a midnight showing, um, at the old theater that was on (laughs) Albert. Mm -hmm. And it was like probably the latest I'd like ever been awake and was so tired, but like, it was just so exciting to be, you know, like 13 years old and go do that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, tender place in my heart for sure. Aw. Garrett, how did you, how did you find out about these guys? Um, well, my dad, he actually somehow found a, an illegal link to download the movies ahead of time. So like the fellowship of the ring, he had it playing in his computer in the basement, like before it was even in the theater. So I got like a little sneak peek. The video quality was awful. I eventually did go to the real live, like cinema with my friend Shay. He was like my best friend at the time. And I just got hooked. Like I got all the like merchandise i remember getting the little figurines from games workshop and painting them with microscopes i ended up playing all the video games literally every video game you can search on wikipedia i've played them all i may not have beaten them all but i've certainly played them all um and yeah i just um i got hooked from a young age and i even was um 
Like when I grew up with my cousins and my brother, we would find sticks on camping trips or at our cabin and we would like pretend to be the characters and fighting off orcs. Like I was addicted. It was a, and it you, was a healthy addiction. You've been there. You've been through it with a book as well, right? Yeah. I, um, I mean, I was pretty young to read Tolkien's writing. So yeah. I pretended to read it all. And I was just sort of skipping to some battle scenes and where it got exciting. Um, but I That's did eventually, fair. yeah, I did eventually read like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I've read the Hobbit I've read The Silmarillion, which is a very difficult read. Um, and I've just recently started uh, reading Unfinished Tales, which just kind of gives some more background information to literally unfinished tales that we might not know. So, Dang. Garrett, I, fu- I fully thought that you were just going to say, and I've recently started reading Elvish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just oh, like waiting the, for that. The new Boss like, Lerman movie? Like... We love that movie. Yeah. It looks good. <laughs> is it on Duolingo now? Or Yeah, the, yeah. the music of Elvish is so popular. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm in like direct opposition. I literally, like, when the last film like swept the Oscars, I was like, What's this about? <laughs> like that's like the, the, <laughs> I was like two thousand like five. I'm like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Took me a yeah. while, and then even then, like didn't get into it. I think I was living with um, friend of the show Amy Daku. I shouldn't say that she probably does not listen to the show, but she's an <laughs> old friend of mine, um, and she would have this semi regularly like. Uh, biannual she would just decide to watch all three in a row in a weekend sometimes one day and so that was always a bit of an event and you like i you could just walk into the apartment at any given time and that music would just be usually like the credit (laughs) music would just be on because she had fallen asleep yeah Um, (laughs) the dramatic music so that i can pick out um okay what's what of the trilogy is the best film you guys Oh. Or is it Sophie's choice? Get, is it Garrett, Frodo's choice? Let's, let's push him. <laughs> is it Frodo's choice? Um, it was always Sam's choice. We know that. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sam's choice. Sam did make a hard decision, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk At about the that. end. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's coming later. Um, I would have to say my favorite is the third one. And I only say that because it's the longest of the extended editions, and I just feel like it gives the most bang um, for your buck. Yeah, you could say that. I I think there's just a lot of um, a lot of history involved in it, and there's a lot of characters, a lot of battle scenes. There's just a lot. If you're gonna get somebody hooked on Lord of the Rings, like that's a good one to show. I mean, unless mm. obviously you should go in order, but yeah, <laughs> just that one. <laughs> yeah. Check out this sweet movie. Yeah, that one is definitely the one that, like, I think it was nominated for, like, 13 Oscars and won, like, all of them. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. It's very, very highly... I, and also Best Picture that year, I think. It is very highly so decorated. Too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, for well, me, I feel like it's the first one in, mm-hmm. like... I think watching it now, I I'm most excited to watch the first one. Because yeah. I love, I love the little setup. Uh, I my favorite, like one of my favorite scenes is them going to that weird tavern, and then like meeting Strider, and then catfishing the Nazgul's with the oh, bed. Yeah. Love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Catfishing the ring wraiths. Yeah. Anyway, I think for me, this is nice. We've got uh, some diverse representation of opinions here because. For me, I think it's got to be Two Towers. Wow. Um, I just I feel like so many of like r- the really great moments are from that movie. Um, there are a lot of things I love in that movie. I mean, I'm a big Ant Girl over here, an Ant oh, Wife, yeah. if you will. Who <laughs> <laughs> <Ant, Ant laughs> the chat? Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, I just I love that part. Just I don't know. I when I was rewatching them, I really had a good time on two towers and i was like okay interesting that is uh you're sonia you're 100 correct wow uh, that's the correct answer the that's question. rare that i hear that <laughs> yeah. no that's yeah no no um but that i think the situation i think there's two things going on number one uh 
I think the two towers, the way that they... Because they move some stuff around a little bit, which I understand. Mm -hmm. But I think it lends well to becoming a movie. Like, just the actual Mm. beats of the thing. And then, like, we get this really good ending at Helm's Deep that's really satisfying. And, like, a definitive ending. And they don't keep, like, dragging it out for an hour. Like, having multiple endings, for example. You know, like, like they didn't do that. Anyway, but um, <laughs> I think... What could I you be referring to, Jared? <laughs> I, who knows? Uh, I think the thing that's actually going on is that, like, in the third one, you have to deliver. And in the first one, you have to build. Mm-hmm. And in the second one, you kind of don't. You just put like, your They're feet just out. free to, like, yeah. you know, oh, here's some cool stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we don't need to solve this super big problem right now. You just sort of have to survive this thing. And... The other thing that's awesome is the wargs, which mm. should just be there all the time. And I don't know why they're not, the, because the it's incredible. Yeah. Orcs, the, do- the the giant dogs that the orcs ride on, oh. like, I want to watch that all day. Yeah, like, that's they're a, pretty cool. So scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the orcs are so scary and so gross. <laughs> With their high I, ponies. Yeah. I think that's a really good comment, though, because the first episode it's kind of like the first harry potter it's full of all the magic that draws you in like it it mm-hmm. builds a storyline builds some characters and yeah i think preference and then what's actually the best film can be different things because true yeah i i will say that i think they did a dirty to the orcs in the first one because it's almost weird to hear them talk in the second one yeah you're like you're like oh man i didn't realize we were like having this sophisticated of, of a conversation right i think like only that one urukai speaks orcs have a very rich fulfilling life that we don't know about <laughs> yeah i want to see see this orc poetry <laughs> oh, orcs are quite sensitive can be quite sensitive <laughs> yeah like if we just if we just like gave them a chance and you know educated them and and you know, showed some some care and emotion. Maybe mm-hmm. things would turn out differently. Stopped growing right. them out of like the literal poetry. like dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can we? Why are orcs? Why are orcs so nasty? What is their? What's their problem? I um, mean, I guess the the literal answer is that they're just like a distillation of the concept of evil. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you gotta get that message across real fast. Which, to be fair, is a bit unfair. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a Slytherin situation, if you ask me. That's just it's so neat and tidy. But I get that that's a narrative thing, and that's how stories work. But like, what? So Saruman makes them, right? Is, makes some of them. <laughs> not all am I of understanding them. this? He makes. Yeah, it's it is crazy on subsequent rewatches how much they do explain like what an urukai is and how quickly you can miss it. Because you were just drinking out of your glass at that time, and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. But like he says, they're like breeds of orc and men together. <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh! And that doesn't necessarily have to be like intercourse breeding. It can be magic. You know, it can be literal, just magically forming two beings to create something more evil, like test something two, more manipulative, test two baby. Yeah, because yeah. orcs have been around for thousands and thousands of years. And so before we even had Saruman, there was Sauron. And then even before Sauron, we had Melkor. And Melkor was the one that sort of created everything in the beginning. And then his, um, I guess, like Sauron, Saruman, his followers that have that power can recreate their own versions. And it's like manipulating slash um brainwashing and turning things evil that's their primary Mm. goal so Mm -hmm. because we did the the three of us did watch two episodes of rings of power and i know Mm -hmm. this is not quite the purview of this show but it it did give me a bit of a like seeing how the sausage was made before like what (laughs) all what all the girls were up to in the past yeah, because I don't, as I said, I don't know much about the lore. Yeah, well, the history is insanely vast. I'm still floored at how much of a world he had created before we even get to the age of Lord of the Rings, where we see mm-hmm. in films. 
Busy man. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, you guys. Well, then, who who is your favorite character? Who Who's the best character? Oh, this is such a hard question. Cause there's, this is a very hard question. There's yeah. so many good ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'll just come out and say it. Gimli for life, man. Like, he just, he's not even in it that much, which I noticed on this rewatch. Like, I mean, he is, but you know, like he has pretty short little moments and it's mostly just him Mm -hmm. and Legolas bantering, but God, if it's not just the most charming performance of your life. Him and Legolas have a very like, will they, won't they? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But or, or is it more of a like Romeo and Juliet? Like they're... They those houses don't get along, right? No, like, the mean, houses of elves and the, dwarves. The, no, the houses of elves and dwarves just inherently hate each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Probably I for, think for reasons that I don't know, but well, dwarves are very stubborn and they like to keep to themselves and their own traditions. And Mood. elves, mm-hmm. time is nothing to them. So, like we saw in one of the episodes, the dwarf was just so angry because 20 years had passed and the elf was like, oh, it is but a blink for me. And they just get stubborn and they keep to themselves because that's who they trust. Yeah, fair. Uh-oh. Okay, we might have to pause. <laughs> okay. I think we lost Jer. Oh, wait, he's back. Oh. Jer, Jeremy. did you guys stop recording? I didn't. Okay, I didn't either. Well, I'm still rolling. Yeah, okay. Jeremy, lost you for a sec. Are you back? I'm. I'm here. Okay. 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 But but why? But why did that happen? The I don't know. Zoom totally just crashed completely. God damn it! Sar- Sauron is listening to us. Yeah. Oh, my computer screen turned orange, and <laughs> or like my light—it's <laughs> it's bright orange. <laughs> it's so scary. Okay. Well. You know, the magic of uh, radio, I'm sure people will be, won't mind this at all, right? I'll, um, edit, it. I'll edit it out. Yeah. Leave right. it in. Let the people know that we're, we struggle, <laughs> we're struggling over here as well. <laughs> um, okay. So we got a Gimli. We got one vote for Gimli. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I, what do you okay, think? Okay, here's my... I have, I have a poor answer that I will give to this question. Um, and, and that is that if if we're talk if we're talking about everything, I kind of really like Bilbo, mm. just because he gets this huge arc, right? Like you know he he's got so much development going on, and we get to see what the ring really does to him, and like all this all this different stuff. Oh yeah. So I I think in terms of like the full thing, I that's like my that's my pick, but. For the movies, I can't remember the character's name now because it's driving me nuts, but it's Carl Urban. He's like the leader of the Riders of Rohan. Oh, yes. Theoden. Uh-huh. What's it? Yes, Theoden. I, I, I just really dig how he's sort of like the John Rambo of the whole thing. <laughs> like, like it's just like, oh, don't worry. We're coming in with the cavalry. And he just like does the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but also, of course, uh, Elrond. I mean, come What? Yeah, it's great. I love it. He's such a dick. And, like, it's so good. Jared, that's such an absurd choice out of all of these characters. It's, I I think, but he does such a good, like, I'm talking about Hugo Weaving. Okay, I was going to say, it feels like you are drawn to Hugo Weaving. I was going to say, you might not be drawn to Elrond in the series. Well, like, yeah, we'll talk about this next week with this giant head. Right, we do keep bringing it up, but we should. I can't get over it. Uh, but it I, it is a thing of like I think he conveys elves really well, and I think the people that they pick mm. aside from Lee Pace, which we might may or may not talk about, do a really good job. Like Orlando Bloom doesn't give you elf, right? Like he's just a man who can do some fancy bow stuff. <laughs> but like you know, I don't get the sense that he doesn't feel differently about time. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Mm, this- that's fair. Yeah. Some good elf casting, like Kate Blanchett and Hugo Weaving, are so because mm-hmm. they're both mm-hmm. weirdos. They're both like some sort of otherworldly weirdo. Like yeah. Tilda should be should pop in and be an elf. Like obviously, just people that are kind of unsettling and might have seen, might have lived several lives before this. 
And yeah, and maybe, and that's why the, the casting for this new show might be bad. But again, <gasps> we will keep talking. The conversation will continue then. I really don't mean to keep bringing it up. Um, it's a good Karen. teaser, though. It yeah, is a good teaser. Do. Who's your fave? Who's, who's um, a, at least a couple faves? Okay, well, I, okay, good. I get a couple. Because in the movies, I am all about female badass. Like, I love mm. And there's female... a lot to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, you got, you got your option there. Three. Yeah, literal option. Yeah. So <laughs> I do have slim pickings here. Arwen, which is the daughter of Elrond, she is fierce AF when she goes to, like, free Frodo and she realized yeah. that he's poisoned and she's got to bring him back to get medicine. And she's being chased by all of the ring wraiths and she's like, no big deal. And then strands them by a river and then uses her elven power to wash over all of them. Gosh, like full on badass moment. Yeah. However, in video games, oh. this girl, like in battle for middle earth, it's like a computer game I used to play. When you get to pick her character, they have her in this dinky little dress, and she's so slow and so weak. She'll die in, like, three hits. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so I love her powers that she gets in the movie and her character. Oh, she's so fierce. Um, but overall, in all of Middle-earth and before in the First and Second Age, my heart lies with evil Sauron. <gasps> wow. <gasps> I know. And did not see that. It coming. sounds like you're just into <laughs> <No>. good wigs. <laughs> well, you have to understand that the history of Sauron, like there is so much that obviously we don't see in the movies because they just show a little clip in the beginning and then just his voice basically whenever the ring is in the scene, but you don't actually get to see him very much. But the way that he, um, helped his Lord Melkor, um, pass on his evil treachery and whatever and how he helped make the rings and try to control everyone who had the rings and he changes form so that he goes from evil to this sort of fair um persuasive almost worm tongue like character who helps who helps the ring bearers you know build power and armies and eventually he'll just brainwash them and trick them into doing whatever he wants and I think he's just, he's a character that I, f- I hope we get to learn more about in this new series. But from my studies and readings about him, he's by far my favorite. Wow. Oh, no. That came out of left field for me. <laughs> We're all shook. <laughs> for me, I'm shook. Um, <laughs> I did want to say that that Liv Tyler moment from the first film, hello is Mm -hmm. so good the best and then and then she did basically for the rest of the series they're like um hey you might not marry the guy you like and she's like i'm dead i'm lying i'm in my deathbed she yeah yeah (laughs) so justice for the her um but i gotta go with my the character i dressed up as this friday galadriel oh so good she is so mostly just because Kate really gives her the gravitas that role needs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she just looks so angelic and ethereal and then she mm-hmm. has that moment where she's like why shouldn't I have the ring and she gets really creepy mm-hmm. and then she's like my mistake my bad I'll just see myself out after <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I just love I love that character but there is so many good ones to choose from honestly yeah um, I also love the little hobbit, the funny hobbit that I always forget his name. I thought it was Mary, but it's actually Pippin. Oh, yes. Mm. The oh. one that sort of messes up all the time. Mm-hmm. Fool of a took. Yeah. Yes. Love him. <laughs> I Honestly, Mary and Pippin as a unit for me are up there. And then yeah, also Gandalf yeah. obviously is up there. Mm-hmm. I, I will give also in the movies like special honorable mention. That's what it's called. Two Treebeard. Yes, uh, because I do. I think John Rhys Davies actually did a better job as Treebeard than Gimli sometimes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like I, I don't, I don't know. It's just like that's. 
I, I'm just immediately sold. Like, oh, yeah, that's what a talking tree sounds like. Yeah. yeah that's it. Wow. Like, right. it's just an immediate, like, a full agreement in my mind of, like, that's it. That's real. That's tree. <laughs> that's tree. That's it's giving tree. tree. <laughs> it's really giving tree. The giving tree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, um, it feels like... Uh, the ring wraiths are turning the very air around us very cold and menacing. So we should all hide in a hole for a while uh, and wait till they pass through. And we'll be right back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we are back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll continue our trek through Middle Earth but after uh, in a few minutes. But first, we'll play a little game, lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people. What? what? Nice. Absolutely crushed it. For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, or if you're Garrett, uh, the game is where I spend actually quite a bit of time this week looking for a title related to our topic that these three have hopefully not heard of. I might have, I might, I might get hit with Garrett today. Garrett might get a point today, but we'll Garrett might get a point. He might get a point. Um, but, uh, I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. You guys ready to play the game? Yes! This week's title is, is very specific, this week's title is J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, Volume 1. Oh, God. That title again, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, Volume 1. Okay. Um, so I believe that this is, yeah, I believe that this is an adult film. Uh, uh, and you know how they make parody, they usually make parodies of like popular, like pop culture items. And then this one, so, uh, Tolkien is played by a very sensual woman with a teeny little beard and a little feathered pen. And, um, you know, things like... (laughs) Thing obviously things happen. Uh, they set they set up the the storyline and it quickly devolves into something else. But it is like uh, it gets the nerds in and it gets the nerds watching, and, and that's what I believe it's about. And it gets the nerds off as well. Yes. Ooh, there, we go. there we go. Sanj, what do you think? Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings Volume One is. Well, there's this part of me that's like, oh, should I try and guess what it actually is, or should I? play the game properly up to you and, Go for and it. do something fun but i got so, a point the other day so yeah you know what you're right um okay i think no i'm gonna do the fun version i think that this is an unlicensed uh sock puppet version <sighs> that a bunch of dads got together and made in the 80s um and filmed on yeah. some really really bu- really busted like home recording equipment um I'm like, wait, what, did tapes exist yet? Yeah, tapes. They were on tapes. And they have since been posted online and become a viral sensation. That's what I think it is. Okay, honestly, though, uh, okay, Sonia, the Muppets doing Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah. This, I would this watch is, that. This okay. is a, a mat. That's beautiful. Miss Piggy as Galadriel? Come on. I was just thinking. <laughs> She's like, all right, Garrett. Um, <laughs> Hiya! Kicking the, <laughs> getting the ring, and she's. Hi-ya! Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, Garrett. What's this thing about? Am I making this up? Well, it's a it's a real. It, you can do a real guess as to what you think this is. Yeah. What do you What do you think it is? Um. Well, I want a fun version too. Like, I think this. <laughs> This film is about um, a witch who finds a treasure chest um, in the forest and it is in fact full of rings and she has to go across the lands to figure out who is worthy of said rings and it ends up being um, multiple volume series of encountering creatures and wolves and trolls and goblins alike and this would be volume one love that okay. love well, it yeah no thank uh, uh thank, a jewelry I'm, deliverer. I'm quite relieved 
to say that you're all wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms. Oh. Uh, quick, a quick note before I read on the selection that I was, well, I had some options. And Sean, your film described, that's the Lady of the Ring. That's <laughs> no. what that's oh. Just so you know. But I thought that was maybe a little bit too obvious. So anyway, I went down the road, this route and I tricked y'all. Uh, Gerald Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings Volume 1 is an action role-playing game produced by Interplay uh. Productions for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, it is an adapt- adaptation of The Fellowship of the Ring. It sounds horrible. You play as Frodo, and then there's a bunch of MacGuffins you have to get, and when you get the MacGuffin, you unlock other members of the Fellowship, and then it all ends with you guys fighting the Balrog, and you kind of have one shot to make it through, because if someone dies, you have to start over. <gasps> no! Um, <laughs> and, and, anyway, uh, it has been quoted as being horribly inaccurate and unfaithful to the films. And uh, uh, 1up.com gave it a 2 out of 10, and Video Games and Computer Entertainment gave it a 7. So I think the community is split. Garrett, um, have you played this? Um, have you? This one I Do have you... not played, so I guess um, I'm a liar. Time to, time, to, time to emulate Garrett and time to get this bad boy. you got to come back with a review. Oh, I'm going to uh, get this going on my computer. I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, you guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank you. Thank you. Jeremy. Thank you. Yeah. I will also just mention that the sequel, Lord of the Rings Volume 2, was meant to pick up where the first one left off. But due to poor sales, there was no sequel. <laughs> that's the Sad. honestly, that's the very ballsy thing to mm. call something a part one. It's like Harry yeah. Girl. Okay. You might never see part two. <laughs> okay, let's get back into this. Um Okay. What is up with what's up with the ring? Why can it why can it run and run and hide and escape and sing karaoke and do all these things? Why I does mean, it have? It can't. Why does it have its, its own will? It run. <laughs> it runs. Remember, they're like, it escapes Smeagol. I'm like, how did it do that? It like, there's like a shot of it like leaping off of a like off of a rock <laughs> and like hiding. <laughs> and did I fundamentally misunderstand what the ring <laughs> Well, I think do? it just like falls out of his pocket, but it's through its will. You're right about that part. Well, and you're right that. It does say that the ring deceives him. The and... ring seems to have in a uh, character. Yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. what the ring wants is to get back to Sauron. And so it knows that because Smeagol is holding on to it and hoarding it forever, that if he has his way, it's never going to get back to Sauron. So it, it basically tries to like get away from him is what I understand. Yeah. So why does the ring want people to possess it so hard? when it's there when the ring actually wants them to just take to get rid of it like to, to give them to sauron do you know what i mean i feel like this is a gear question that's what i feel um well i think there are some theories about it i'm sure there's a legit response out there but my my theory and my approach is because sauron his main goal is to corrupt all of men so that he can take over Middle Earth. He can, he'll have beasts, Balrogs, trolls, all of his monsters, and men, and he will eventually be able to take over the elves if he has men. So I think when the ring is deceiving Smeagol, um, it's exactly like you were saying, Sonia, like he's just hoarding it for himself in the cave. He's never gonna, the ring is never gonna get into a hand of a, a man that he can corrupt so deeply that will eventually, like, brainwash an army or or eventually get back to Mordor. And I think that's why, um, like it has escaped people in the past. And I think if the men are too weak, the ring will, in your words, run away and hopefully stumble upon someone who is stronger, like in strength, but then easier to manipulate. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And also I can't wait for you to read from your new book, Beasts, Belrogs, and Trolls. Uh, coming, <laughs> coming soon. The Garrett Gosselin story. The, yeah. <laughs> My theory. Opinion. Um, okay, let's talk about Smeagol now that he popped up. Because now, neither of us mentioned him as some of the best character, but he's definitely one of the best characters. Most memorable character for sure. Yeah. Or several of well, the best characters. 
Yeah, because Andy Serkis's portrayal of him, I mean, is iconic and yes. for a good reason. And he, he does just have such range and there's such an arc in Gollum's story. And, like, I was really struck by the emotion of it this time. Like, I was, like, I was grieving for Smeagol in this one. Mm-hmm. And just the whole, the whole, <laughs> the I'm whole facet for of, like, I'm gagging, I'm grieving. Um <laughs> <laughs> just the like Frodo's desire to forgive him and Sam's ultimately correct like uh resistance to forgiving him I feel like it just like I don't know there's so much in that like little dynamic and it just feels like such a tragic moment when um I think it's the I think it's Faramir when like Frodo has sort of started to win Smeagol over and then Smeagol thinks that Frodo has betrayed him when the riders like corner him in that pool Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when things really take a turn for the worse and he ultimately isn't able to like overcome Gollum and mm-hmm. turns bad in the end. And I was just like so devastated by that moment. I don't know what it was this time around. I yeah. feel like it works as a real a- allegory for addiction, actually, Smeagol's whole story mm-hmm. and the way that he's like treated and viewed. Um, but yeah, I think Andy Serkis's portrayal of him is amazing. Yeah, I agree 100%. Because this was prob this was probably some of the the newest of the the dot technology, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, well, just because Jeremy knows, but um, it is interesting because like this is sort of what Andy Circus has built his whole legacy on, right? Like this technology with this group of people to like capture a performance and then use that to like manipulate a digital asset. And there's a lot of things going on here, which we may or may not talk about, but like, it is sort of a masterclass in like, oh, what's the best lighting to make this look the most real all the time? Mm -hmm. And then when it's not that, they do other tricks to sort of hide things and make him look believable. Yeah. And it is kind of crazy, like, the difference between like, that character, which like, at no point am I like, God, this looks so fake, you know, like, I it it's all there for me, versus like... Legolas doing some weird backwards forward yeah. hop on a horse and I'm just like this movie sucks you know, like, <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the thing that like totally breaks it for me mm-hmm. but uh, it is crazy how it's just like Andy Serkis's performance layered on all of this incredible work layered on all of this like very skilled film work to make that part work you know like it's all of the parts working together mm-hmm. and uh, it works re- like it just you get into it, right? Like it does the full package. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Um, I think it's important to compare the journey of Smeagol um, as he sort of transforms into Gollum over the years because he um, becomes corrupted by the ring. And you can see over the hundreds of years that he had to go through this experience. It's, it's turned him into um an addicted golem who is also like he's got a double personality an evil side and an innocent side and frodo is on his early journey as a ring bearer and you can already see how heavy of a toll it takes on him and um i think yeah the the scene in the third movie in the beginning where it shows you the history of it um i think it helps put into perspective the i guess just the power of the ring and how hard it is to claim it as your own do you think the ring also say oh sorry oh i will also say it is terrifying that the choice was made for andy circus without the digital makeup to use the same voice it is so unsettling Mm, yes (laughs) i agree (laughs) do you guys think the ring assigns the Sasha Fierce, Alterigo, like to to uh, Smeagol, or does Smeagol choose Gollum? And like, would Frodo get a new? Do you know what I mean? If Frodo kept uh, became corrupted, would he get a new name as well? The- <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. I think it like is the ring, kind of right. Like it kind of is the ring, like manifesting through a part of his personality. Hmm. That. Yeah, yeah. I I, I sort of see it as kind of like you're saying it's his 
he's just using Gollum's body as a vessel to communicate as Sauron and as his evil magic. So he eventually wants to persuade innocent side of Gollum to do whatever it takes to get the ring back to mm -hmm. the Tower of Barad-dûr. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sean was struck by that pronunciation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Um, he knows the names of things. He knows the names. He doesn't just call them the, the mountain they're going. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't call them the I Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Started calling it here. That big eye on the pole or whatever. Um, okay, you guys, let's talk gay. Who, right? <laughs> who is smooching who in the fellowship? <laughs> well, according to the behind the scenes, basically all the male actors yeah. are eager to smooch do, each other. They're doing oh, smooching. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. they, <clears throat> there is a major queer reading of this text, I mm -hmm. believe. And it is like, because I'm not, when, when did J.R.R write this because like you know the gays be finding themselves in breadcrumbs like forever <laughs> but right. i feel like i feel like there's some overt like uh dedication to each other mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. this am i right am yes I right? you am are I you are absolutely right i i went on google scholar today and just put in Lord of the Rings queer just to see like how much different scholarship there has been on the subject. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, there has been extensive scholarship on the subject. So you are certainly not alone, Sean. <laughs> there's there's a fierce scholarly debate about it's the it's the age old. No, it's just close male friendship. <laughs> it's right. the kind of like they they were roommates of it all. You know, um, the kind of male friendship well, the, where they will sacrifice their lives for each other. Right, right. And there's like decided tension and intimacy and like just unequ unequivocal, I would say, at least homoerotic themes and undertones. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that necessarily means there are queer relationships between any characters, although I think those readings are also there. But like the story itself, I would argue, also is very queer codable in terms mm -hmm. of like Frodo's whole journey that he goes on, kind of the way he feels separate from the rest of the world before, during, and even after his journey, um, in addition to, like, his relationship with Sam. Anyway, I feel like there's a lot there, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I always, well, I always feel like it's the vibe of, like, because uh, uh, Tolkien, he was in World War One, right? Like, and that's where, like, a lot of the imagery and a lot of different things sort of came from. And, like, there's like the movie about him and there's like a scene where like a motorcycle goes and that's like how he hears an orc for the first time mm -hmm. and like all these different sorts of things uh but uh i always i do feel like it's like always like the sort of like brotherhood of soldiers vibe like that's the love that these people are sharing that being said the eyes that elijah wood uses to look at sam are nothing other than romantical love mm. like that like like that portrayal of it is i think it's a one-sided relationship personally but that's just me but uh, uh, elijah there. wood does it's have there. those sort of he does some very famously like gooey eyes he's very and they're very, looking very at good at all that. that's all i'm saying that's all okay i i can't believe we literally haven't said his name yet but peter uh, jackson the person who name. made these, <laughs> these masterpieces <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Poor man, like <laughs> dedicated so countless like thousands of hours left to, to the bring show. <laughs> yeah. Peter Jackson, thank you. Um, he definitely made choices to include the homoerotic undertones that I think are also in the books. But like mm -hmm. those, those are choices being made for sure. But I would argue, Jer, I think Sam does return some of the looks, and there is a great deal of devotion there. My what I landed on by the end of this rewatch is that Frodo's gay, Sam's bi. And basically, Frodo's inability to, like, reacclimate to Hobbit society is distinct from, like, Sam's desire to reacclimate. And so Sam mm -hmm. kind of, like, goes with the the acceptable, quote-unquote, uh, option of marrying Rosie Cotton. And Frodo, like, remains kind of an outcast. 
Thank you for and, coming to my TED Talk. And <laughs> Sonia dressed up as Rosie Cotton for her viewing party. It was inspired. It was loosely inspired. <laughs> um, um, I, I haven't actually really looked into any, like, of the gay sides of these storylines. Um, I guess I was never... I mean, I remember when I was young and I was like totally addicted to the movies, the games and everything. And I wanted to have like the screen saver, like the desktop screen of some sort of themed Lord of the Rings battle scene or some characters. And I remember searching up Haldir from the second, um, from the two towers. And I wanted him as like the background. And I stumbled across so many images of like Haldir and Legolas, like, all cuddled up and not wearing <laughs> wow. anything. And the fan like, fiction gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like 10 years old. I'm already gay, obviously. <laughs> so I'm like all here for it. But um, there's also like in the history, Thranduil, which is Legolas's father, he's never really had any female friends. And even his father, Orofer, didn't have any female friends either. It's just like this long line of gay. <laughs> and he, in the in the Hobbit, Thranduil is very gay. Like, he is very dramatic. M- oh, he queen. is quite dramatic. He's flipping yeah. that, that wig all over the place. Flipping the hair, and he's yeah. very, like, flamboyant. And, I mean, most elves are quite flamboyant. But, like, mm. even, like, we didn't really get into topic about women in Middle-earth, but in all of the battle scenes of like from Valinor to middle earth and back trying to push Melkor away, all of these elves that go to and from, or even men from Numenor, it's always men, male elves, male soldiers, male dwarves. And it's like hundreds and thousands of years, um, sorry, hundreds of years or thousands of years. And it's only men ever traveling together. Mm. The women are just like at home singing <laughs> as we as do they, as yeah. they do the song in your heart yeah yeah the i was going to uh, talk a bit about like the role of women in middle earth of which there is none mm-hmm. um like and you know we do as the, in the new in the new series which we'll talk about next week we do i feel like they're trying to sort of course correct and give us some female oh, yeah. storylines mm. And yeah. luckily, the fans have nothing to say about that or the racially diverse casting. And that's so good. And we're so happy about that. Fans are notoriously <laughs> so always bad. quite chill about uh, things. Uh, but but there, there is also a thing that I've always been curious about in the... And it, this is, like, this falls very well into, like, the, the, the gender argument and the race argument as well. Because, like, when you have a world as old as he depicts, like, typically people mix... You know, there's, like, a big city with everyone in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, we see a dwarf. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not... There's two... Like, we see a few at the start and a few at the council. And then there's just none... There's no other... There's one guy. You know, like, it's just, like... And uh, there's there's some jokes here now in my head about the Tolkien dwarf. But we're not gonna... We're <laughs> not gonna talk about it. <laughs> but um, it is just this, like... Like, I don't know. Like, in the depiction, is it, like... Oh, they're, you know, they're not important or like by omission, something very significant is happening. And I don't know what the intention of it was. Well, as someone who is not well versed in the canon and is like kind of a a, like casual fan, I'm just going to say that in my head canon, it's like the history was written by men. And so just like in real life. Women have just been omitted from that history. Um, yeah. And so Tolkien is just like, he's he's just the historian of the world. And mm-hmm. he he left some bits out. And mm-hmm. you know what's, what's very interesting, Sonia, is that there's like footage of Peter Jackson talking about it from the perspective of this was a real thing. And we're like just grabbing that history. So that maybe even intensifies that more because mm-hmm. it's like a recreation of the text in the same way. Mm-hmm. So... That also um, might have just been yeah. in my head because I saw that TikTok where he was like saying yeah. that to his team. <laughs> either way, either way, that's still good. Um, we're close to the end. Does anyone have any any last final thoughts on this trail? One thought to end I, them all. 
I will say very quickly, and this is just a Jeremy gripe, is that something has gone on with the compositing that they did with this movie, and it has aged so poorly that it's actually, like, I see so many seams now, and it's driving me nuts. Thank you, end of thought. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Ending on on that note. (laughs) Um, um, You have to watch the extended versions. Oh, of course. Fair point. Like, I cannot watch the, like, film theatrical versions anymore. There's just so much that that you miss out on. Um, and how are you but, doing this? On DVD? Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky, if you have it on a streaming service, that's well, that works great too. But um, we do have, like, Blu-ray versions of it as well, which is oh my pretty gosh. good quality. And if you watch all three in a row, I'm pretty sure it's like 11 hours and 40 minutes or something. Huh. Which is Easy. a long time. I did it once. One time. Easy and that day. was enough. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. We need, thank you, Garrett, for joining us and gracing us with your knowledge and your, your, your verbiage, your words. <laughs> <laughs> we like your funny words, Magic Man. We like the, we like the big funny words you say. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and very maybe, much. And maybe we'll just have you right on back for the sequel episode. Part because two. we still be talking about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, I can, um, I can always talk. <laughs> we'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their song Manituna for our theme song. We'd like to thank everyone here at CGTR and all of you at home for lending us your ears. We are broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Fridays at 3, and are available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere else podcasts are played. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, so give us a follow, and have a good evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.